Amplifying Voices from Development Perspectives and Field Fisher. Welcome to the fourth episode in our Amplifying Voices podcast series. In this episode, Hisham tells us about the circumstances which has forced him to leave his home country, Syria. And he also tells us about the efforts he and a group of other Syrian refugees have made to support friends and families back home. The next guest who we're very delighted to have on our, our podcast is uh, Hisham. Um, Hisham has got a, a, a very, a very interesting story to tell. So, first off, I'd like to I'd like to welcome uh, you, Hisham, to the podcast. Uh, how how are you keeping? How are you doing today? Well, thank you so much, Paul. Good, thank good. Um, and yeah, if if you'd just like to 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 maybe begin where your story begins and yeah it's a fascinating one and, and yeah very interested to hear it from the start thank you paul now i will start uh with in in date of uh, march 18 march 2012 2012 everything in my life was normal until 18 March 2012, when the Syrian revolution began. People there went out to demonstrate and call to freedom, dignity, justice, and democracy. The revolution was peaceful for eight months, but the government troops were killing and sniping the innocent people at the streets all over the country. After that, people began holding light weapons, especially Klashenkov, to defense themselves. At that point, the regime became brutal and starting using all weapons, even chemical weapons. According to the UN members, the regime used the chemical weapons in 15 places around the country. But the worst attack was in July 2013, when 1,500 people, most of them children, were killed in Al Ghouta, beside the capital, Damascus. For me, I left Syria in April 2011, one month after the revolution, to Kuwait. I worked there as an editor, proofreader, and a journalist. Because of the war and destroying thousands of thousands of buildings, hospitals, schools, industrial areas, shops, people lost their properties, jobs, savings. They became poor, homeless, lost hope, and depressed. They need food, medicine, shelter, clothes, especially in the winter. At that point, I, I, with some friends, decided to create a group, a group to collect food, money, medicine, and clothes from our families, friends, colleagues, and other people in order to send all of this stuff, stuff to, to, to Syria. 
in the beginning, we didn't know what we can do. And even we didn't get a permission from Kuwaiti government to create a charity organization. So we worked as a small group, a small group. We may lost our residency there, but we took this risk. Our team includes traders who helped us in different aspects. One of them offered us a store, which we use it to arrange, organize, fold, pack, and store the food and the clothes before sending to Syria. This stuff were sending as goods by name of a trader. In some stages, some volunteers helped us in different ways. My car, for example, seven seats were always full of clothes for months. We received donations like food, money, medicine, new and second-hand clothes from our families, friends, colleagues, and some sometimes from businessmen and the traders. Donations were between two euros to hundreds of euros. During the war, the tragedy stories and sad news every day, I became upset and even depressed for a long time. However, this work with my friends gave me some peace and happiness in the difficult times as we could help many poor and homeless people. We got good experience in charity and humanitarian work, activities, fundraising, logistics. And as well, we got some skills like packing, classifying, and shipping. We worked as a group. This is a great achievement for us as Syrians. In Syria, we don't work as groups or organizations. We usually work as individual as regime controls everything, schools, media, education, economics activities, religion, religious uh, activities, and doesn't allow other together or work as groups. Everything there is under control in that we got some uh, what can i say some lessons from our activities in in this in this difficult time we can do something to help and support other even if we if we are far away people like helping others but they need someone to encourage them and remind them war shows the worst inside us as a human being. However, it shows the best as well. Our team still working till now. We could build some houses in Idlib, North Syria. And we could send food, medicine, clothes and money to help thousands and thousands of poor and needy 
and homeless people in different cities over Syria. Working as a group give us many advantages and credits. Our backgrounds and experience were different that helped us to form a great team. Thank you very much, uh, Hisham. Thank you. A, a really remarkable story, the power that, that a group of small people can have to do something productive when there are those feelings of, of hopelessness and, and, as you said, sometimes depression. I was fascinated when you said that it may be because of the situation in Syria, it wouldn't be the norm to work in, in, in these groups. So was there many learnings for you about how, how useful it is to work in groups? And, you know, are you still able to use some of this learnings even now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, our group still collecting uh, money, especially money now. It's difficult to send clothes. Uh, in the beginning, we, we, we were sending money, clothes, food, medicine uh, by huge truck uh, uh, to, to Syria. Uh, but unfortunately, one year, two years from the, from the war, the border between Syria and Jordan was closed. So we chose another, another route to send uh, this stuff to Syria. Instead of south of Syria, uh, we chose uh, another one, which is north. And this journey to, uh, took uh, about 15 days uh, from Kuwait to Saudi Arabia, then from uh, by ship by ship from Saudi Arabia to Turkey, then from Turkey by truck to north of Syria, Idlib, especially Idlib. Uh, it helped us a lot, and actually, we we didn't know, we didn't think or imagine we can do that. But sometimes difficult times are good for you. It helped you a lot and to exposure and to, to, to challenge and to create something in you. You cannot imagine you can do it. Yeah, sure. And, and, and I guess the, the power of, of the group, when there are obstacles and challenges, nobody has to share all of this burden themselves. Everyone can share those challenges. And sometimes yeah. that, that encourages the group to, to, to overcome the obstacles. Yeah, and people as well. Our group was, what can I say, what, uh, what keen on helping. And I, when I was in the store folding the clothes, classifying the clothes, packing uh, clothes and food, for example, I, I saw a businessman. He left his business and came with us and he uh, was folding the and organized the stuff and the, the clothes and the food with us so that that happened uh, that rich man is like uh, some people yeah uh, helped us in different ways uh, amazing ways so I, I i i am happy and pleased to share with this gr uh, great group. If, uh, 
if I am uh, uh, as individual, it's really, really difficult. I, I have some, some activities as an individual, but just for my close friends, my family, who are need, uh, who are need emergency help, emergency medicine, emergency money, so I can manage as individual. But for us, we we could build uh, many houses. We helped thousands and thousands of people. We send uh, hundreds of thousands of euro during the these years. And we as well, we uh, the most important, we have a group inside Syria who helped us to uh, spread spread the food, clothes, money, and everything was recorded and provide, provide our, our people uh, who helped us to give them the photos, videos, uh, how poor and needy and homeless people received their, uh, their donations. That's fascinating that you have a that group within Syria then helping helping your efforts yeah. outside without, of it. Without that that group, that these people, we cannot do. We cannot do anything. And that adds to the to the levels of cooperation. Yeah. And and so you've you've obviously I think you've mentioned this already, but you've received some good feedback from within Syria about the the efforts being yeah. put to good use. Yeah. yeah. Always people who received money they thank us and thank people who donate so that like uh, give us uh, a push and push us uh, to do more and more and more so and and, and is i suppose um looking in, into the future with, with this uh, group that, that is doing really phenomenal humanitarian work is that the plan to just keep keep going and keep doing and try to help in, in any way you can yeah and uh, the most uh, amazing we don't have any experience uh, in charity or humanitarian or organizational work just we are we we want to help we want to help we our friends our families our people and you cannot imagine, for example, some businessmen in Syria because the war became needy people. So some of them were, they, they, they had millions of dollars before the war, but they lost everything. They lost factory, their, their, their factories, properties, uh, lands everything and they even they they couldn't pay the rent for small uh, dirty uh, apartment in another place this is really the 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 challenge that that so many are facing in Syria at the minute and as you say people who are who are business people are now they can't afford the rents they can't afford all of these kind of things so so that assistance and help that that you guys give them hopefully can can put them in a better place in what still are very very difficult circumstances it's very interesting what what you said though just that you didn't have any experience of of doing something oh. like this and you know, obviously you had to learn some skills before you'd done it. But I remember from when we discussed this before the recording, 
it was um the message of of just just do something don't don't yeah. don't sit in the on the sidelines you know yeah. just, just do something is that the, the real lesson that you want listeners to take from yeah, yeah just just do it and during the work during your because we are as a human being you have a lot of a lot of skills hidden skills and uh, potential but we have to 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 put them in the in the action so really we don't have any experience uh, some of our uh, our journalists some of our us like uh, traders employees but we we want we want to do something and uh, and uh, some some good points in our job in our work was delivering and sending to exact people some 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 organization spent a lot of money for for logistic for as salaries for workers and our our job was pure all of the donations even for us we 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 spent a lot of money from our salaries because our situation our situations were good in kuwait even for us and that really that that work and that war it changed our life our plans our activities our perspective we for example i couldn't imagine uh, when 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 the war started when i l- heard syrian refugee was like shocked for me i i cannot imagine syrian refugee it's like difficult world but uh, i few years later i found myself as a refugee when i had some difficulties in kuwait so I couldn't come back to Syria because of war. So I found myself as a refugee. We talked on our, our previous podcast about kind of labels. So refugee, asylum seeker. I mean, I think a label that I would, would place on you based on this story, Hisham, is um, humanitarian. I mean, I think I think that comes before before any of those those other labels because you, you're Hisham, you're, you're a person and and your story is uh, very interesting. And it resonates with the work of development perspectives in terms of we always encourage with the groups that we work with action on, of course, informed action. So understanding where the problems are and learning a few skills, of course, that maybe you don't have in order to do it and then just going and doing it and i think it's a really powerful message and we really appreciate you sharing it today with us is there any final words of wisdom you would have for our listeners before we before uh, we finish I, I as mentioned as well people really like like helping like uh, supporting other but sometimes if you don't remind them if you don't uh, encourage them just they need they need someone to encourage them to 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 show them the the whole picture they they can and they love helping us we are uh, we, we we love each other but just we need to 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 support to remind each other sure and and um I, I think I think that brings in e- even more skills, leadership skills, motivational skills, um, and and I, I think you've definitely um, 
been a very good example of that in, in the work that you've done. I'd like to, on behalf of, of Development Perspectives, thank you very much for, for taking the time to share your story. Um, really, really, really fascinating. Uh, I think there's a lot of lessons in it for our listeners, and there's certainly lessons in it for me also. And just really keep up the great work and keep doing, as you say, keep doing, keep being, keep being active. Thank you. I, I hope uh, I could, uh, what can I say, explain my story and I hope some people uh, get some lessons from my, my story. I, I think uh, Hisham, they, they certainly will. So thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. In our next podcast, we'll hear the story of Okaila. She'll share with us her life growing up in Palestine and the subsequent challenges that she faced in regards to accessing education, security, employment and a secure family life. See you at the next time. Amplifying Voices from Development Perspectives and Field Fisher. <laughs>